I want to let you know about something that very few people realize we're doing, but we are big on discipleship. And we have a program that we call DEMO. It stands for Discipleship Evangelism Missional Outreach. We are using this all around the world, but we are focusing primarily on three nations in Africa right now. And we literally have hundreds of thousands of people per week that go through this discipleship program. And we aren't just giving people a fish, but we are teaching them to fish. We are training them on how to raise their own crops, how to deal with purified water. It's just a program that's reaching a lot of people. There's a lot more information about it than what I'm able to give you here. Go check it out, our demo ministry. And now, here's Andrew. Today I want to speak to you about how to have a relationship with God. Not just know about Him, but know Him in an intimate, close, personal way. And to me, one of the most important aspects of having a relationship with anybody is that you have to know some things about them. You have to know something about their nature, their character, who they are. If you misjudge a person's character, say for instance, you think that they're a person that can take joking and kidding and things like this and so you do some of that and yet this person is very sensitive and they've been hurt and they just can't handle that you could offend them you could totally destroy a relationship whether you understand it or not, whether it's conscious with you, you constantly evaluate people and you make determinations about what they are like and you base your relationship with them on how you perceive them to be. And the same thing is true with God. We cannot have a relationship with God if we don't have basic understandings about what He's like. And it's my personal opinion based on my own personal experience as well as dealing with thousands of people that Satan has so corrupted and misrepresented God through religion that many times it hinders us having a proper relationship with God. This is exactly the way that the very first temptation against mankind, the, when the serpent came against Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, this is what he did. He came against the character of God. 
Chino setani chiyakolela dala yajja eri narumbe mbala ya katonda. He basically began to slander God. Bwato yatandika okumalago ogera yogere bigambe bichayisa katonda bebi muvumaganya. And the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3. Echawandika bachyo ogera mbakolinse chokubire sule 10 the Apostle Paul said, I fear lest as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. And he says the same way that Satan fought against Adam and Eve is the same way that he fights against us. So what did Satan do with Adam and Eve? Listen to this in Genesis chapter 3 verse 5. The serpent said, For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. This is where the serpent told them to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they responded by saying, well, God told us we shouldn't. And he came back and he says, that's not true. You won't really die. But here's what the problem is. God knows that if you were to eat of this fruit, then you will become like him. Now, this is kind of subtle. You have to think about this. But you know what actually was taking place here? Satan was, was uh, coming against the very nature and the character of God. He was basically impugning God's character and saying, God doesn't really care about you. God has held something back from you. The Lord hasn't given you everything that there is. If you would do this, then you would be more like God. God is trying to limit who, who you are and what you can obtain. And this is how Satan came against God. And if Adam and Eve would have been steadfast on this one thing, if they would have said, you know, there's no reason for us to believe this. God created a perfect world. The world was just perfect. 
God had given them everything. All of their needs were supplied. Katonda, yaliaba wade bintu byonna. Ngane byetago byabyo byonna abibawadde. Their food was there, the climate was perfect. Emere yaliwo, embere yobude yali nnunji nyo. There was no problems of any kind. Tewali wobizibu byonna byonna. The things that we relate to today Adam and Eve had none of these problems. And if they would have just thought and have said, you know what, there is zero reason for me to believe that God has held anything back from me. God is 100% good. And I refuse to accept this premise that God doesn't love me and that God doesn't want my very best. That he, he's not after my very best. If they would have held on to this, this temptation would have ceased to exist. And they would have gone on. You know, I can't look at you personally right now, but if I could, if I could talk to you, I could guarantee you that whatever it is that Satan has led you into, Whatever area that you've failed in. Whatever sins you've committed. Basically, at the root of all of these things is a, either a rejection or an ignorance of the goodness of God towards you. Now that may sound like a harsh statement and at first you may think, oh no, it's not, but yes it is. You know, for instance, how many times have people been tempted with, with money? That money can buy you happiness. And because of this, you're willing to steal. You're willing to lie. You're willing to stab other people in the back to get an unfair advantage and do all of these things. Because you have basically believed that you have to promote yourself. That God is not going to do it for you. That God, here's another way of saying it, isn't a good God. God's not going to take care of you. You've got to take care of yourself. You know, that, that is a lack of understanding of things properly. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. 
Jeremia abili muenda olunyiriwe kuminorumu wagamba kubanga mmanyi ebiru uozo viendo uoza jemuli mwayogera mukama ebiru uoze vye mirembe so sivya abubi ukubawa ebiru mumaso nesuvi. God's plans for your life are infinitely greater than you could ever have for yourself. Enteka teka ya katonde yobu la mubo nunji nyo okusinga kwenebo inzo kujete kira tekira wabajie kolera. And if you would submit to God and not lie but trust God that God you're going to do it instead of steal and take advantage of another person you just obey God and follow him and trust that God said he would make your way prosperous and you would have good success. See, if you would start with a belief system that God is for you and not against you, it would cause you to live a holy life in these areas, not steal. Not rob, not lie, not take advantage of other people. In the area of sexual misconduct, Again, it may be a little subtle. But the reason that people are out living the life that they live is because they believe. And they've probably heard Satan, whether it was uh, in their heart or through another person. Saying that that Bible and religion and God, they're so restrictive. Doesn't want you to have fun. Try this, you'll like it, you'll love it. And they entice you by this basic premise that God somehow or another is trying to to spoil your fun. Telling you to stay with one person and stay with one mate. And love your mate instead of having multiple mates. And all of these kind of things. Homosexuality is a criticism against God. God didn't know what he was doing when he made Adam and Eve. Instead, he should have made Adam and Steve. But see, that's not true. It all goes back to if you understand the goodness of God, the nature of God. Then you will be able to have a positive relationship with him. And sad to say, religion today has actually misrepresented God. To where they say that God is the one who is punishing us. God is the one that is causing failure in our life. That God, in a, in a sense, is our enemy. 
that's not true. You know, God is a good God. His will for us is always good. You can see this in so many places. Let me just use one passage of scripture. Where this is very clear. John chapter 8. Verses 3 through 10. It says, And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery. In the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what says thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And when they had heard it, being convicted, and, or excuse me, and they which had heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. Nakutama. Nate na wandika ningalo kutaka. Navo beba ulira echigambechu, nebafuruma ebweru, musole sole, avakade, bebasoka, ukutusa, kubenko merero. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. Yesu, nasigara weyeka, no mukazi, weyari, wakati. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Yesu ne yegula na mugambanti omuchala bazewa tewali asaze kukusinga hath no man condemned thee and she went on to say no man lord this is jesus taking a woman that according to the old testament law ono yesu gakutono mukazi okusinzira kumateka agenda ganenkade had to be stoned to death. And if you didn't stone her to death, the people that refused to do it were worthy of death. According to the Old Testament law, she should have been put to death for the sin of adultery. And yet Jesus never condoned her sin. And as a matter of fact, he told her, he says, go and sin no more. He wasn't approving of what she did. But instead of executing this judgment, he extended mercy towards her. 
See, many people have been lied to in thinking that God is angry at them. God hates them. And that God is so ticked off because you've sinned. And if you hold that attitude, if you believe that about the nature of God, it will keep you from having a positive relationship. You need to recognize God is a good God. In the Old Testament law, it is true that the law showed us our sins. And under the Old Testament law, there was a strict penalty attached to sins. It was enforced strictly. And God had to do that so that he could show us that these sins were wrong. But Jesus came and died for your sins. And the good news is that we no longer are under the harshness and the severity and the punishment of the Old Testament law. In our next session, I'm going to deal with this and explain more. About what the real purpose of the law was. And show you how the true nature of God was only love throughout the whole thing. But to have a positive relationship with God. You've got to first of all know that God is love. And that God loves you. And you've got to reject these lies of the devil. That Satan, that God is out to hurt you. And, and uh, keep you from having a positive relationship with him. I believe that this is going to help you to have a good, positive relationship. As you come to understand the true nature of God.